BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And this week, I am joined by... Lindsay Metzler. I hope I got that right. I've been having you a did. Good. You are also a fellow podcaster on Dear Media. So tell, tell me a little bit about yours, because I know that you do, you're sort of like a dating coach and life coach sort of in that way in the, in the dating scene, which I'm so interested in because I think it's just very weird times, full stop. And I know that you're sort of known for the green flags rather than the red flags, which I also love because I think people focus way too soon on negatives instead of thinking this is actually great. And when I'm sort of like you, I, yeah. I focus on the good, not the bad. You have to. So I'm also on Dear Media. And by the way, I have to say, I love the name of your podcast, Divorce Not Dead. It was, it's just like such a good name. Um, so kudos to you. So my podcast is called We Met at Acme. Acme is kind of like a club bar in New York City where people used to meet, you know, pre-corona times. And so um, it's called We Met at Acme and it's all about millennial dating and kind of all dating and talking about the things that people don't really talk about, but they want to know about. So as you said, like green flags, you know, deal breakers, when it comes to dating, what good signs are, what you have to look out for. And kind of the goal is to make people realize like their worth and not accept anything less than that, which is really important. Are you single? Yeah. How old are you? If that's not rude. I'm 30. Okay. So you like are just sort of at that age where the next one might be the one. Well, I have a boyfriend now, so fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay. So how did you meet him? We actually met on New Year's last year. We had kind of known each other. He went to 
high school with one of my best friends from college. And so I knew his name. I knew who he was. And then I ran into him when I was kind of on the outs in a a past relationship. It opened my eyes to, oh, wow, you know, I don't have to settle. There are really amazing things out there. And so I wanted to ask you, how did you meet your fiance? Well, I met him. Actually, he was at one of my, well, my first ever show in the States. Um, he was in the audience, so completely randomly. And I'd never been to Newport Beach before. And, you know, that's why I find it very interesting because I always wonder, I mean, you're a lot younger than me. So how you guys date compared to back when I dated, which was before my ex-husband, obviously, you know, which is quite a long time ago, 20 something years ago. It For me, it, it's so different the way you guys date today with, with apps and all of this kind of stuff. It's almost, right. almost too much choice. The, the list has got so long over what you will and what will not accept. And like what you said that I don't need to settle, you know, that's a very dangerous place to be too, because what is settling? Right. It can work both ways. Settling. Absolutely. I, I can't bear that word of like, I'm going to sacrifice my life and settle down now. You know, it, it shouldn't be like that every day with Sergio, even if we're going to the hairdressers, we have a really good laugh. So it's just about the person by your side. You also have to know when to settle. I would argue that you never really have to settle. And, and I hear what you're saying with the, you know, like you'll get in an argument with your family, but they're your family and you love them. But I think it's different when it's your partner of choice because you're choosing your partner. You don't choose your kids. You don't choose how you get along, but you choose the person that you spend your life with. And I feel like why choose someone that every day you're asking yourself, is this someone like, is this person right for me? Could I do better? You know, whereas like, I mean, I don't know how it was in like your last relationship versus now, but it's like, for me in my current relationship, I never question like, is, is there something better out there? And so I feel like to me, that makes me realize I'm not settling. No, agreed. And I, I feel the same way. Like I, I mean, I know there's nothing better out there, right. You know, for me, which is why, you know, when people said, I can't believe you're getting married so soon. I'm like, well, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't my like end game, but like, you know, he's so amazing that I'm not going to say no because, you know, I, I want to continue with him. Like for me, it wasn't my, it wasn't so important for me to get remarried, you know, because I, it is, you know, I've just come out of a marriage, but you know, I understand that it's his first relationship. So it's really important for him. So, you know, I'm, I just think that things like this, when you find the right person, you grab them. Yeah. It's his first relationship, you said? Or do you mean like first serious, like engaged yeah, marriage relationship? Yeah, exactly. I, so I'm really into astrology and we're like, we talk about it on our podcast a little bit. And so I looked up your sign and your fiance's sign. No way. This. So you're a Taurus, yes. right? And this is so crazy. So your fiance has the same exact birthday as I do. Stop it. I swear. Okay. So tell me everything. Well, he's September 28th. Yes. He's a Libra. Of course I'm biased because this is my birthday, but he's such a catch. Like, I'm glad that you said yes, because he is going to make you feel so loved all the time. And it's, and it's really wonderful. And Taurus and Libra, they both like kind of the finer things in life. So I have a feeling that you're going to be able to really like explore life and like beauty and all that kind of stuff together in your relationship. 
he just has a lot of love to give. And so it's, it sounds like a blessing that you guys met each other, which is really, really nice. I've never met a man that's so openly affectionate. I have to like beat him off with a stick and it's no joke. He, he yeah. would literally stare at me all day if he could, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but I've never seen it before. And I'm so glad I took that chance, you know, I, again, and took that leap because I would never have known and I have a view on marriage, which is I don't think it can last forever. You know, that you can be with one partner for the whole of your life. I just don't. We change so much. But again, you know, I'm very interested in your thoughts being, you know, 15 years younger than me. How your sort of age girls find being out there now. And I find that, you know, guys now are less and less likely to commit. It's so hard, especially you're, you're in a, I mean, the worst city in the world, as far as I'm concerned for dating. I mean, they usually are dating four or five in the same night, like speed dating in, in New York. It's crazy. Totally. And I agree with you. It's really hard to date. It's really hard to find the right person who's not, you know, just swiping right to a million people and going on a couple of dates per night. I mean, I was guilty of that myself when I was single and dating, you know, pre-pandemic, I would go out with like three or four guys, you know, at the same time, because you're, I think it's more self-preservation. Like you're just protecting yourself almost, at least as a woman and maybe for guys, it's just like, you're trying to see as many options before you make a decision. It's a numbers you game. You don't have like a ticking clock. Yeah. Some of these guys as well, like it's like you, you go out and then they ghost you. The worst. I think that people who ghost are despicable. I mean, honestly, like you can't just write a little note. Like, so we actually on our, on our Instagram for the podcast, we have like an anti-ghost text, which is an option for something you can say instead of ghosting someone. And I think like a lot of people, you know, use it and a lot of girls will use it, but guys will, they'll either ghost or they'll be like, work got really busy, sorry. Or like work's really busy this week. And it's never the truth. Like they can't ever just be like, Hey, I'm not, you know, feeling this and I don't want to like lead you on. Like for some reason, guys just aren't open about that. Maybe they think they're going to hurt our feelings as women, but it's a weird thing. I mean, have you ever ghosted anyone or been ghosted? I mean, I've been ghosted by friends, not by a boyfriend as such, but uh, I would never take someone back that did that to me. I mean, I think it's such a weak reflection of who you are as a person that you can't use, can't use your words you know, yeah, you can't it, pick up the phone totally and, or, you know, and we already have an out, you have a phone that like, you can text on and we all know, you know, I was just so busy. I didn't have time. Like we all know that the phone is glued to your palm. We, you, you had time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, you have time if a work call comes in. I lived with you for like a week. I know exactly that, you know, where your phone is. I know you saw it. I know you've ignored it. So yes, I have been ghosted in friendships and it's really painful. It leaves the other person wondering. It sort of leaves you with so many unanswered questions. And I just think it's just so lame for want of another word, like just really just a really pathetic way of dealing with things, which is by not dealing with them. Exactly. It's so pathetic and it's just so cowardly. And then there's like, you know, the in-between, which is... People who slowly ghost in a way. So like, you know that they have the capacity to text you more than they're texting you and to communicate more because they did that in the beginning. But then as time goes on, 
they communicate less and less and you can tell that they're pulling back and you can tell that they're kind of planning to ghost in a way, which is almost worse than ghosting. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss something very dear to my health, which is, you know, the importance of prioritizing mental health for everyone during this time. It's been such a crazy time and the whole world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting everybody in person. And, you know, that feeling takes time. It's not strange right now to feel overwhelmed or to feel you're alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. That's why, you know, talking to your friends sometimes isn't enough to get, you know, real practical advice. I definitely reached out when I was going through my divorce and I found it really helped to have someone that wasn't attached to my situation. And over 50% of Americans right now are struggling with mental health. We all need help sometimes. There's no shame in that. Talkspace makes it so easy to match up with your licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. Whether you're an individual or couples therapy or you need medication prescriptions, you know, this is the place for you. You can set your goals with your therapist and they make sure you're really progressing. You know, you can send unlimited messages your dedicated therapist on the app so it's really at your convenience not theirs and whether you're experiencing depression anxiety or any other problems talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue you have thousands of licensed therapists who are available to match with you so start feeling better today match with a licensed therapist when you go to talkspace.com Get $100 off your first month with the promo code DND. That's $100 off when you use code DND at talkspace.com. I think it's just got out of hand the dating game that's just become such a game, which is why I think it's been so, or mine and Sergio's relationship is so riveting to people, is that here I am with a, you know, successful, good looking young guy who is committing to somebody who is, you know, a lot older than him with a lot of baggage, even though people would love to see it, maybe if it went wrong or the things that, you know, weren't going to work, it seems to be working. And, you know, instead of not being in nightclubs, he's homeschooling my children, you know, things like that. It's quite amazing. So, you know, and I always think that older guys now or my age guys are less and less likely to commit because they're just so set in their ways. You know, I've, I really feel for young girls, it's so hard now to sort of maintain your individuality and be able to close a relationship. It's like, how do you get somebody to commit to you today? But like, I mean, how do your friends start in New York now dating? Like what, what is the scene? Well, everyone right now, just because of COVID is on the dating apps um, or they're working with matchmakers, which I've never personally really believed in, but I do like the idea of like setting up your friends. Like if you have a great friend who, you know, and another great friend who are single and would be a good match, like setting them up I don't know how I feel about paying an actual matchmaker. I feel like it comes off a little desperate, but it works for some people. Um, I think the dating apps are the best bet right now. Meet somebody, but it's, again, like it goes back to, you don't, you want to find someone who's not just like looking for a million different options and never going to choose. I think it's really important, especially in New York, 
you need to find someone who is like, has the qualities that you need in them, like a long-term partner if you're looking for something serious, like someone who's like close to their family and who's not afraid to talk about the future. You know, New York is such a small bubble that you can meet someone and you could hear bad things about them and then still go out with them because there's not another option. But I think point blank, if you hear bad things about someone, you shouldn't go out with that person. Like someone messaged me the other day and they were like, hey, um, this guy has a cheating rep that I'm dating. Should I keep dating him? It's like, no, absolutely not. I mean, what do you think? Do you think people in that way can change or like if you hear something about them? But how do you know it's true? Sometimes it can be bitter people who just, you know, I hear so much about people. I tend to try and take everybody on face value until I experience it because I, I hate judging people unless I really know it's true. So usually I would agree, but I feel like if enough people have said something about a person that's negative, it has to be coming from somewhere. Like where there's smoke, there has to be a little bit of fire. No, you're probably right. What are your deal breakers when you go and look look for guys now and all that? For me, I'm very close with my family. So if they have a bad relationship with their family, like for example, if their family is tough, then I understand it. But if they're just mean to their mother or something, that's such a turn off to me. You know, I really like someone who's ambitious and not just like, oh, I want to make a lot of money, but someone that wants to like do something important for the world is, is a big turn on and hard to find in New York because there's so many finance guys that just, you know, want to make money and don't care about anything else. And I think you know, culturally for me, I'm Jewish and I don't care about religion as much, but the culture of being Jewish is important for me. Just like the nature of getting together on holidays and, you know, raising your kids to have a certain mindset and being really warm and open and not letting things fester or like sweep under the rug, just like little qualities like that for me, um, are important. And I think, I mean, obviously physical qualities, you want them to be tall. And I think, you know, there's so many of the same type of guy in New York City that it's rare to find someone. And like you said, there's the modelizers. It's hard to compete with all this slew of models in the city. And you want to find a guy that's not just looking for a pretty face, like that actually wants a deep connection and somebody that is romantic and wants to take you out on real dates. I mean, right now in the pandemic, so many people are so lazy that they're, and it's also harder in the city because all the restaurants, you can't eat indoors and it's freezing. So people are just skip to like, oh, just come over and we'll watch Netflix or something, which is not cute in my opinion. I mean, would you date someone again, if you were unsure of them on the first date, would you keep at it? That's a really great question. There's always, and we talk about this a lot, like the slow burn versus like the sparks right away. And I think that you need to give at least two dates, maybe three, if you're not absolutely repulsed by the second date, because a lot of the time people grow on you and that connection gets stronger and stronger with time, especially with like, if you're a woman and you're going out with a man and you're not physically attracted to him, like looks fade. And that's not that big of a deal. You could be really emotionally attracted to him, which would make you think that he is attractive later on. So I think it's important to give at least 
two dates before throwing in the can. I have a friend who went out on a date and she was like, it was fine. It was okay. By the second date, she was like obsessed with him. And so I think things can change. You can see people in a different light. So especially now in such like a lonely time, I think everyone deserves at least two chances. What do you think? I completely agree. I mean, I definitely um, was a slow burn with Sergio. Um, Obviously, he's a good looking guy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, initially I saw him and I was like, wow. But, you know, that's not enough for me. And, you know, I know a lot of good looking guys. So, you know, it, it wasn't what I was looking for. So it was after like becoming friends with Sergio before, because actually, you know, it was based on a friendship that they understood later that he was perfect for me in so many other ways. But actually I was thinking about him for somebody else, not for me, for a multitude of reasons, his age, you know. I'm glad and really glad that he he was so definite and he was so sure and he really pursued me. I was able to take the time because I wasn't looking at it in anything else other than a friendship to get to know him properly. So I do believe that you can change your mind. Doesn't have to be anything other, you know, you can still find someone attractive and still think they're not for you. But that, that actually leads me, I want to ask you something. Um, so do you think that the man should love the woman like a tiny, tiny bit more? Yes. And my mother always said that too. Yeah, they should. And it's so important. Actually, I didn't realize how important it is. And I'm quite vocal about it because like, I really love Sergio. Don't get me wrong. And I really do like every day more and more and more. And actually he's broken down so many barriers in me, but no matter how much I love him, I know he still loves me a tiny bit more. He would, as I said, just sit and stare at me all day. I would not, but it's a really good thing. And this is especially good thing is if you have a guy that's 18 years younger than you, because I'm not worried about where he is. So um, in fact, I don't worry about anything. And I think that's, you know, he makes me feel unbelievably secure, which is, I think, shocks people the most about my relationship because so many people think that I should be feeling so insecure. And, you know, because I post him all the time and he is an extremely handsome guy, he gets you know, DMs all the time from young girls and really? women. Yeah. I mean, I, I always laugh that I repackaged him. He is the whole package. He's, you know, definitely the whole package, but then I made him even more attractive and I made him even more attractive because he was with me. And I don't mean Caroline yeah. Stanbury, but I mean, like he was with a 44 year old woman with kids. No, I think that's a, that's a very real thing. I think women don't get enough credit for making guys look good. Like we're all guilty of it as, as women. Like when I see, Oh, this woman dated him, like he must be great. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like a resume recommendation almost. Let's take a little pause from the show and discuss Elemis. It's the number one luxury British skincare brand that believes in truth in beauty. It's been established for over 30 years. They've introduced decadent formulations that respect the skin while delivering truly remarkable results that you can see and feel. Elemis believes in skin wellness, proven results, feel good skincare and transparent innovation. I've heard so much about their best-selling cleanser, Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm, and I really wanted you to try it. Elemis was kind enough to send me a jar and let me tell you the hype is real. It's amazing. It has this unique transformative texture that melts away every bit of makeup and grime and daily impurities. 
for a soft, smooth, glowing complexion, which honestly, you know, I like a very quick, easy to do skin routine. This has just completely changed that for me. I feel like it's a spa in a jar and it contains nine gorgeous essential oils, including lavender, chamomile and eucalyptus. There's literally a pro collagen cleansing balm for everyone. This cult favorite cleanser is available in original, rose infused, and there's even a new naked one, which is fragrance free. I love pro collagen cleansing balm so much, I just wanted you to try it. For almost 20% off, visit elemis.com and enter not dead 20 to enjoy 20% off full size products. Happy shopping. And I always say to my girlfriends, I don't think, I'm like, uh, they're all like, oh, we all need Sergio. We love, I went to a, I went, was at the hairdresser yesterday and he cut off all his hair and this whole thing went down. Anyway, it was the, the, one of those girls was there and she said, oh my God, you know, you and Sergio are the topic of every single lunch table. No one can believe that you've done this as a, in a good way. And, you know, that you've just followed your heart and you're happy. You took the leap and it's what so many women wish they could do and don't do and all this kind of stuff. And she said it was just so positive. I, I said to her, you know, none of you would have looked at a Sergio if you had walked into Newport Beach and found a guy that was 18 years younger living yeah. in another country. You know, you know, he's, he's successful. You know, they all want these like billionaire ex-divorcees you know, right. buying them diamonds. And I'm like, look, now I've packaged him because you see that we are giggling around the house. That he, we're doing everything together. We're building our businesses together. But you wouldn't have thought like that. They want an already packaged human that's, you know, established. I like, I'm happy to have taken my, my, my perfect guy and I'm going to establish him with me. Right. And that just goes to show, it's like when you have a checklist, of all the things that you want, like, oh, I want a billionaire. I want him to be, you know, a divorcee. I want him to be this. I want him to be this age. Like, that's when you're going to be most unhappy when you're looking for something that, first of all, probably doesn't exist. And second of all, like, that's not, like, you're putting your happiness in that box. And if you don't get the things in that box, you're not happy. So it just goes to show, like, when you break the mold and you look outside of your bubble, you actually find like, or can find real happiness. And it makes me sad. I, mean, I have some friends that are married already. And I, I think when I ended my last relationship, like we could, we could have gotten married and I wasn't happy enough. And I think a lot of them that would have worked for, like that would have been fine. So they don't understand, you know, walking away from something that's like good enough or something like, so much better. And I think your friends probably see you now doing that and it probably inspires them to do the same thing. It's actually inspiring quite a few people because I mean, I think I was even stopped on the beach yesterday or the day before by a 24 year old who was like, I'm not even divorced or married, but she's like, I just am totally inspired by what you're doing. And by, which is just by living for me, I'm not living by any constraints of any social pressures that have been put on me or told, you know, what I'm being told that I should be looking for, because, you know, that's, that wouldn't have been right for me. And I would have been walking straight back into what I've just left. I wanted something totally different. I'm not going to make, you know, rock my entire life and my family for something that's the same, but a little bit different. No, 
it either has to be extraordinary or different, or I'd rather be on my own. I'm also happy on my own. And I think that's what people forget. Yeah. That's the reason that you found happiness is because you had it without somebody else. And I feel like that's what people always forget. They're like, Oh, I just want a boyfriend. It's like, well, just, you should want a boyfriend, not need a boyfriend. And like, if you need a boyfriend, then people can smell that and like, they don't want to be with you. But if you're so happy that you're like, Oh, I could have a boyfriend. I I don't need one. You know, then it's a totally different game changer. And then, so if you were talking to like girls in their twenties now or whatever, knowing what you know, how do you navigate the scene today? I would tell them, honestly, especially if they're in their twenties, like 25 and younger, not to think about marriage, like not to make that the focus, but more so work on themselves, whether it's like in therapy or, you know, finding a passion that they love, starting their dream job, because that's what really attracts somebody to you. It's like doing something that you love, being somebody that you love and really self-awareness. And so I would say work on yourself. If you want to find like that dream guy, you know, it all starts with you and what you bring to the table. Cause so many girls would be like, Oh my God, I don't understand like why he wasn't into me. And it's like, well, what are you bringing to the table that he would be into you? Or like, what are you attracting to yourself? It's like all about like manifesting and kind of like what you are creating around yourself that can maybe attract the right person to you. Like, for example, for me, like when I met my ex-boyfriend, I was really out of control and I was like drinking and I was smoking a lot. And I actually got sober like two and a half years ago. And so when I met my current boyfriend, I was a totally different person. And I really do believe that if I was the person that I was before I was sober, I would never have attracted this kind of person to me. So it's about making like really difficult lifestyle changes that are really benefiting you in the long run and doing the work on yourself. Like it all starts with you and couples therapy is different to me than actually like being your own self in therapy. And for me, I think it depends on the type of therapy. Like I, I agree, you know, being a victim is such a drawn out, boring story. Like no one's a victim. Pick yourself up. The therapy that I like is called um, behavioral therapy. It's like um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And instead of talking to a therapist and being like, here's my problem. Tell me, you know, that I'm amazing and give me a pat on the back. No, it's not like that. It's more like, for example, I want to have complete control over my emotions. I don't want to have emotional reactions to things and people. Like, for example, if my boyfriend's pissing me off, I don't want to yell at him because then I lose the fight. If I'm online at a grocery store and it's taking too long, like I don't want to lose my temper because then I lose in that situation. If I'm arguing with my family like, and I you know, say something mean, then I'm the bad guy. But instead, with cognitive behavioral therapy, it gives you like tools for when you're in certain moments to have control over your emotions and yourself. So it's actually like, it's not about trauma and things like that, but it's more like figuring out your triggers and like getting yourself in line. And it's kind of like having a leg up because you can always be in control of yourself. 
Let's take a little break from the show and let's discuss my new find. Absolutely love using Athena Club's razors. They really are so easy to use. And let's face it, we're all shaving a lot more these days because we're stuck at home. It's time to get your friendly razor out. Athena Club's product make it more fun and easier to shave. Not only is it the prettiest razor I've seen, but it's so gentle on the skin, leaving your totally moisturized, super smooth and bump free. It's designed with a built-in skin guard to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on your curves. And it's no wonder they have so many five-star reviews. The razor has cute handle color options, but they also have black and white razors for all you minimalists out there. I personally love pink. I think you all know that by now. You never have to worry about running out of refills or being stuck with dull, overused razors. You can choose how often replacement blades are shipped to you for free. That means fresh, ready-to-use razors always arrive right on time when you need them. Athena Club has the dreamiest shave foam and will leave your skin soft, hydrated, and smooth, which I think also getting the right shaving foam is absolutely key to not nicking your legs and um, getting ingrown hairs. Show your skin you care with Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com Use promo code DND. That's A T H E N A C L U B dot com with promo code DND for 20% off. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. You know, obviously, during the end of my marriage, I was going out too much. I was smoking too much. I was drinking way too much. I was partying like a rock star. You know, then, of course, you have the downs and, you know, you wake up and you feel terrible about yourself and you think the world hates you and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, by chance, I met Sergio. He made me want to stop all those things. I mean, I like, look, I love to party and I love to go out and get crazy. I mean, we don't really have the chance anymore. But the great thing is, you know, he's not into all that. So meeting the right person sort of changed those things for me without a therapist, right? I already knew that I wanted to because most people, I don't really think people wake up the next day from any partying binge or whatever and goes, oh, that was great. Let's do that you know, straight away. I mean, you know, some people do rock stars, maybe, but like people with normal lives actually have to perform and go to work or deal with children. You wake up feeling pretty shitty and going, how am I going to navigate the day? And that is enough of a wake up call for, or wasn't enough of a wake up call for me to go, okay, you know, you can't live like this. And also my work, I work so much, you know, like if I'm not pulling myself up on all my issues, those were my issues back then. But like now, I guess, I mean, of course I have a huge temper, but then, you know, I just, I expect perfection and I don't like no, and I don't like hearing, you know, I, I, I want people to sort of get up and get things that were maybe in my head or to run with things. And it really irritates me if I think I can do it better on my own. And I'm not very good at delegating. I, I like it. You know, I like to be in control of everything. So, you know, I could see those that kind of therapy. But again, throw in three children into your life and then all your work and everything else. Like it's, it's a luxury in the end. And it's a luxury that I kind of think that I can helicopter myself. I'm quite self-aware. And maybe the TV show did that for me. I really do see myself. I have out-of-body experiences. I hear myself as a third party and I can hear how I sound. And, you know, like even doing this 
podcast, I can I can hear myself talking to you and I can still be thinking about something else. My life is about becoming more authentically me, not changing myself for somebody. Yeah, I think if you like if you hit a roadblock and things aren't working for you the way that you're doing things, then therapy is a really good tool for, you know, whoever, if someone's listening out there and like the same thing is happening over and over again, maybe you're having the same fight with your partner, maybe you're you know, you haven't been able to find someone for years and years and years, or you're, let's say, divorced, and you aren't able to put yourself back out there and move forward, then therapy can help you in that way. Um, But I think if things are going right, it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. So going back to dating now, what are the immediate red flags for dating young guys now in New York or in any city for girls? Or what would you look out for um, if you could give advice now, knowing what you do with, you know, your new boyfriend and sort of going into the next chapter of your life? I would say if they're sending mixed signals, like if they're hot and cold, you should take that as a no, that they're not interested in you because it's so easy to be straightforward. And when someone really likes you, they show it to you and you're not confused. So if you're confused, you should probably move on. I would say, you know, if they are jumpy and scared about talking about the future when you're, you know, six months to a year in, like that's probably a red flag. Another red flag is if they're still on dating apps after they're your partner, Definitely a red flag. Terrible. Do you believe in checking the other person's phone? No. If they look at your phone, that's an invasion of privacy, but more so like you should trust them. And as you said with Sergio, like you feel so secure in your relationship. I would never. And if they give you a reason to want to look at their phone and vice versa, then that's a red flag in itself. Like you should know their phone password. I really believe that. You don't have to have their location, you know, unless there are kids involved, but if they're like shady about their phone, if they're taking their phone with them to the bathroom, like that's, you know, taking their phone everywhere, too protective of it. That's a huge red flag. If they drink too much or change their personality when they drink, that's a big red flag. You know, just basic things that if you have a role model of, let's say you want someone like your dad, which a lot of people do, like ask yourself, is this person at all like, a person that's a role model in my life or would this person be a good father? You know, would this person be someone that's a good career advisor? Because at the end of the day, your partner's everything. Your partner's a career advisor, your partner, you know, if you have kids, they're a dad or a parent, your partner is your best friend, someone you have to eat all of these meals with, someone you have to wake up to every day. Like, is this person just someone that's like cool and hot and can get into a club or is this someone who actually has like substance yep substance and your green flags and green flags are just like if they you know if their actions match their words if they plan your dates and they make that next date plan instead of just saying oh yeah like i'll see you when i see you if they are close with their family, if they're not afraid to say they like you and to be open with their emotions. And, you know, I think those are all really great green flags. Also, if they like what they're doing and where they're at in life, because if a man especially doesn't 
isn't happy at their job and isn't happy with where they're at, like that will come out and in bad negative ways. So make sure they're happy with their own life. So there you go. I mean, I'm going to end it on the green flags because I love to end on a high note, but I absolutely agree with you to always focus out there on the positive girls, because, you know, when you lead with the negative, I believe you let, let it in. I believe that you manifest it somehow. And you're also starting just on the wrong foot already. And you should just always look for the positive in the person sat across from you, because you never know that could be your Prince Charming, really. Yes, I love it. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was really, really fun. Thank you so much for having me. And I love millennial dating since I missed it all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 